Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me today. And I have John and Robin for our um, part two series of uh, the behind the scenes of what is recipe development. Uh, last we spoke, uh, Haley, Maddie, and I um, kind of shared our process, which is similar but unique. We each have our own style of how we approach what recipe development is, um, and people have asked about it, so we thought we would share our respective processes in um, how we develop recipes. So welcome, John and Robin. Thanks for joining me and everybody who's listening today. Tell me what you guys, what, uh, I mean, we talked about, I will just kind of give you a sense, we kind of talked about some of the Excel charts that uh, some of us use, especially in a baked good or something like that. Uh, we talked about some of the processes. Robin, you can talk to this because you interned at America's Test Kitchen. Um, we've had uh, several um, staff members who have um, done internships at ATK, and um, they're kind of one of their process that we have looked at and employed on our own way. In our own way is. They'll do a res they'll research maybe um, uh, a recipe and find the five most diverse, oldest to newest or whatever recipes for something out there, make them all, and um, and then sort of figure out what they like and don't like. And I just we don't necessarily go to that length. We don't have the staff to go to that length, but um, some of us sort of employ a little bit of that method as well. But anyhow. Um, Tell me what you guys, kind of how you each respectively approach recipe development. I think people are really interested. Okay, hey, John, why don't you go ahead and start? I'll start. <laughs> um, I do generally, what if I get an assignment and I've given you know the parameters of it, say, uh, let's say Thanksgiving, um, you'll, you'll have the idea of you're gonna have a turkey in there somewhere. And what I've done before, and I continue to do is, because this is such a visually driven magazine, I look at images and I'll go through, you know, just a Google search. I'll put in, you know, roast turkey or deep fried turkey or whatnot and look at the images and I'll pass through the images and I'll be looking at what looks unique, what looks different, what's, what's definitely gonna work, what's trending. And then don't necessarily look at the recipe so much that's accompanying the image so much as that I uh, reverse engineer the recipe. So I, sure. I know what the goal is, I know what I want it to look like, but that um, I'll just work it on my own. And then the process from that point is that I will generally end up with too many ideas, <laughs> just scattered, scattergun ideas about what I want to include in it. And frequently, and I think you can all attest to this, I'll throw every one of those ideas into <laughs> a, a test recipe, <laughs> start discarding things that don't work or aren't necessarily, uh, aren't necessary and or they just uh, don't taste good or aren't worth the cost, things like that. So that's how I, I narrow it down. I'm not quite a spreadsheet kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, the, Co the Coco Chanel approach, take one thing off before you leave the house <laughs> when you <assessorize. laughs> that's what, you know that's what it is with editing and that's what it is with sometimes recipe development i i'm with you i think sometimes you you marry ideas together um 
I remember learning a friend of mine where you can look at a recipe and you can almost taste it by just reading the ingredients and you can kind of sense what it's going to taste like, but you get excited sometimes by an ingredient or a technique or, and you want to marry and merge something together. And, and sometimes you, you might be like holding on to something because it's cool or it's so, but it just does not work. And it's, it, sometimes it's hard to give that up, but yeah, you made personal investment in the ingredient or the technique and it's just not holding up. I, yeah. And I think, um, oh, I think we've all done that. <laughs> fun yeah. about the approach and it'll be coming up in, what is that issue 144, um, is that Chris had uh, said oh. his egg gravy and I, oh. it was amazing to me. There was something I had never heard of before. Here I am so long in the tooth and <laughs> here's a new idea. And I was just thrilled to be able to adapt that recipe. So it was cool. And you it, did. I know. I don't think anybody had heard of that. I could be wrong. No, only Chris knew about it. So. Yes, I remember you um, you doing visuals. And I think that I have, it's funny because I, I feel like we've all learned from each other's approaches, or at least I have, that I see what somebody else did. I never did the, the um, spreadsheet before, and that was a Haleyism. Mm -hmm. And so for baking especially, and I would do it for that kind of thing. And I am one to do so much. I'll, I'll start Googling and looking at images and recipes. And I almost have too much information that it's overwhelming. And then I try to group likes together and start, you know, separating the, the I don't know what you call it, but separating out kind of um, things that just I think will make it or not make it. But um, one other thing I remember you telling me long ago, John, and I do sometimes, I don't do all the time, is also looking at menus. Oh, when yeah. I'm trying to come up with like ideas even, um, kind of what's trending. Because I think chefs in a restaurant are ones who really are the very cutting edge. They're, they're doing a lot of employing a lot of the, the cool techniques or most cutting edge. And, and so um, looking at menus for, for restaurants. Yeah, that's definitely, particularly on things like appetizers um, and snacky type things, you know, happy hour apps and that kind of thing. It's really, you know, you get your finger on the pulse of what's out there in the marketplace or what used to be out there in the marketplace. <laughs> when um, we could go to restaurants. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I'd forgotten. Yeah, it's really true. I do do that. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I like that too. But then I go down the rabbit hole of just reading the whole re the menu and... <laughs> yeah. Wishing is, I could eat there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So while I like that method, sometimes it takes me down a big rabbit hole mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> takes a lot of time, but it's a good, good So method. many great places to eat in Chicago. I should go. <laughs> and then all you want to do is just go out for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And my recipe hasn't been written, but boy, am I ever hungry. <laughs> uh, so anything else to add, John, or... No, I want to hear what Robin. Okay. Yes, me too. <laughs> well, you both are are um, way more in depth than I am. <laughs> well, sometimes I'll get a germ of an idea. Um, I am um, well from way back. I'm a magazine um, reader, and I pull pages from magazines, so I have a huge stack of of recipes. And um, now I, you know, with the advent of the internet, I just print stuff. So I've got this backlog besides my cat, my my recipe, you know, my yeah. cookbooks. Um, so sometimes those will jog my memory. I'll go and just look through those. Um, Kim used to do that a lot. 
our former editor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, so, and I used to back in the day, but I couldn't keep up with the paper. I know it's ridiculous. It's very, very bad habit to do. And I, 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 uh, I hey, know. it works for you. <laughs> I print off a lot of pages. Let's say that. You know, and I, and I do that too. I will go out and just Google and, and I don't, I should more because we are, you know, a visual mm. way. I should should look at the pictures more, but I I, I just look at um, techniques and you know and, and ingredients. And sometimes, um, like we've got the grapefruit thing coming up, and I saw something for another recipe that was for another ingredient. And I thought, huh, I wonder if you could do that with grapefruit. So I'm kind of noodling, been noodling that in the back of my head. So sometimes that will catch. And, and stick in my head and I'm like, can I use that somewhere else? And then it will come up and I, I don't know if it will work or not, but I'm going to try it. So I'm not, I have a real crazy process, I guess. It's a matter of it, whether or not you follow up on it. I've got a uh, half dozen little post-it notes on my uh, computer, my desktop, mm -hmm. and they're just ideas that I ran across. Uh -huh. And I thought, oh, that sounds great. I'll have to try that. The problem is if you don't go back and look at them again, you're absolutely right. You just have litter on your <laughs> and you then you don't uh, always see them and can't follow up on them. Otherwise, I like to just I'll just go out and I'll, I'll, I'll go to Pinterest or I'll just Google, um, you know, whatever ingredient and just go from there. I'm not organized enough to do. I don't. My mind doesn't think in the same way as um, Excel. I envy that you girls can do those spreadsheets. Because <laughs> I was baking, because you're a baker. I know, and I can't do it that way. I just, I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not, I, my mind doesn't work that way. It, it's a, it's a little bit of a hassle, I will admit, because um, it takes some time. I will go through the process of really looking at the breadth of what's kind of out there first, and then corralling that into a spreadsheet. And I, my columns usually are like so wide I have to reduce this thing so I can barely see it and sometimes it's um I don't want to say it's more trouble than it's worth but um it is it is cumbersome and it there's a lot of information to sort of call and sometimes it is really hard to discern the variances and the differences so um I don't know if it's if it helps or not but I'm not as um, adept at baking as you, so I feel like I need that. <laughs> well, so, I try to go that big because then I just get overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Forward. Mm -hmm. So I try to narrow my resources that I look at to, you know, six at the most, really. Um, because if I go beyond six, I just stumble around and I can't narrow it down and I lose my focus. So when I'm, no matter if it's a baking recipe or, or what kind of a recipe, I can't go beyond six resources. I, I can't do it. Too I, many decisions. There are. I just get lost in the, in the weeds and I lose my focus. And um, so that just doesn't work for me. And I lose whatever thought I had. Yeah, I, uh, I, not to denigrate Microsoft's Excel. Now that I've picked up the Where's article, that's exactly a, a, a spreadsheet for me is that works so well for me to sure example yeah of how to use that so i do it really helps sort things out I corral guess. that sure. absolutely that perfect and mm -hmm. it is for baking too and if you can manipulate that spreadsheet um yeah. i'm in awe 
that's, Absolute that's awe. the other thing. I'm learning how to use Excel. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you on um, like sometimes too much is too much and it's just, it's overwhelming. But uh, I always, I, I think my recipes, you know, are very Frankenstein I'll kind of here and there. And, and the one big, big, big caveat for me is um, vetting sources. Yes. It's really relying on, and I mean, we're putting our own spin and we're creating. So it's not, we are not taking anybody else's recipe. We're not, we're not following oh. anything like that. We are creating our own thing. We are doing research to identify a, has it been done before or what is a twist or tweak um, that we can bring to something and how can you pull various things together to create something new? Um, and sometimes challenge. that's mm -hmm. a big, yes, because especially when it's something like um, uh, something iconic, like, um, well, when I had to do handballs, now I know I don't, wouldn't necessarily say that's iconic, but there's like handballs. They're right. like, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, well, I can't, that's how I make them. And that's how most everyone makes them. How do you do that differently? Yeah. And then that then you have to really think about it and how, what kind of a spin, how am I going to put a spin on this? Right. And sometimes for me, that's hard how to get out of my own head, but this is how I've always done it. Well, I can't do it that way because we, we want to show yes. something new and, and a twist. So for me, it's a challenge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're uh, threading the needle of keeping something that's really familiar that people are going to say, yeah, I make that. And then just have that, little nuance to it they'll say oh that's a great idea i have something to talk about now when i bring this to the party so yeah it, looking for that cowbell or that yeah. aha or whatever it may be um i had another thought and it went out of my head so i yeah. guess it wasn't that important <laughs> I have, I have one too. okay well i will say this okay so <laughs> yeah. once we have the recipe uh-huh set and it's time to um, make it for the first time i have the hardest time making a recipe for the first time. I will stand, sometimes stand in my kitchen and think, I I can't do this. And I, and I have the hardest time getting started. And that's so ridiculous because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? It's not going to taste good. Well, we're a test kitchen. It's <laughs> I, okay. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's the start of, of recipe development. I think each issue, there's that sort of fear sort of, or, or I, you know, because I mean, we do put our, our heart and soul into what we're creating and then we present it to everyone, uh, for everyone to comment on critique. And so there is some anxiety a little bit in that, um, cause you want everybody to like what you've made or, and also you just want to be able to do a good job. And so, um, yes, the starting part, once you have a recipe, um, made the first time, it's so, it, I don't want to say it's easy from then on, but at least you have a, you, you really have a starting place. And so, and then you get feedback, which is great. And now you can go left, right, or center. Right. But boy, I will, I will stand in my kitchen sometimes going, you, you just have to start, just get the pans out and start Robin. You can do this. <laughs> I don't think anybody else has that. I don't know, but I get in that kitchen. I'm like, Oh, anxiety and how long have i been doing this <laughs> okay just get it going yeah yeah um you touched on something that i guess i i would adapt to the concept of recipes but back in culinary school it, it was one of the macro lessons of it 
was that you'd enter a class and they would tell you, okay, this is how you make hollandaise. This is the only way you're going to make hollandaise. You're going to go through the rest of the school making holidays, holidays just like we do here. And then you get to the next class and it's a different, <laughs> and they say, this is the only way to make hollandaise. You're only going to make hollandaise this way for the rest of the time you're in school. And then you get to the next class <laughs> and it's on and on like that. So there's a concept with recipes. There's, this is the only way you can do this roast. And you just have to learn to adapt and be flexible with that concept. So, you know, that was part of the, like I say, the macro training of uh, culinary school. So. Well, that leads me to what I was thinking of too, John. Thank you. Um, a classic recipe, because sometimes we are doing a classic recipe or teaching somebody how to make something that, and it's not so much that we're trying to do a tweak on it or um, do a flavor variation or a technique variation, but we are really just trying to teach you how to make something that is classic. Um, so in that case, we do try to probably stick with um, what we feel is the best method and flavor variation. And we might do an, an option or a tweak on it flavor-wise or technique-wise, but there are those kind of recipes that we are also employing. Um, and that's, that is a little different. But again, we want to do it and mark it as our own. And so there is some, um, there's a lot of research and learning um, that goes into that part of it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, what comes to mind are a lot of uh, Haley's technique recipes, the uh, doing the brisket, making sure. bacon. Uh, there's only so many ways you can do that. And there are, you know, you have to be able to express that so that it's accessible to people. You can't be like you say chasing rabbits you need to be doing and straight ahead straight on that recipe because you're actually trying to teach somebody how to stack crook and bush <laughs> right. it's, it's important that they know how to basically do that so yes uh yeah is there anything else that you guys want to share yeah well probably the best advice that i got when i first started working here was never never make your family favorite recipe uh, <laughs> There is something to be said for that. I believe we talked about that too. Yes, I have done stuff like that and it it changes. And <laughs> you just have to live with the fact that you can make it how you want to make it at home. But if, yeah. It will go to taste panel and somebody will say something that will, might hurt your feelings about your family favorite <laughs> recipe. So it's best just not to make it here. <laughs> See, good reason to change up those handballs, Robin, right? And they, <laughs> and they were delicious. I remember them at home like it like I had made them here and my family just rebelled and I'm like but you haven't even tasted it yet <laughs> I think it's better <laughs> that's good advice um yeah it's a fun unique job that we have um and you know I mean really our our jobs is to um to test things multiple times in various ways and try to make the mistake. So when we do add more flour or more sugar or something like that, that we're learning from something and we're pushing it to some degree to make it um, delicious and unique and um, to have the fallops in the test kitchen so you don't have them at home. And I will, I think I would say maybe end with this is that I always recommend, and I just had this conversation with friends the other day, one is is a real rule rule follower and follows recipes to the T, and the other 
It doesn't, just kind of wings it. And that's great, both are fine. I always just tell people, and this is sort of what I've employed in my own cooking, especially um, for people maybe who are not as confident, um, always make a recipe the way it's written the first time and then put your own spin and tweaks on it. Now, the more experience you have, you probably can figure out that, yes, I can substitute sage or, or um, rosemary or thyme or something like that, that kind of thing. Or I can, you know, especially if you like a particular herb kind of thing, you can swap out basil and mint, I, whatever it may be. But um, I do think it's kind of um, a good rule of thumb to follow a recipe as it's written the first time and then make notes um, and make it your own. I mean, that's what it's about. It's just having fun in the kitchen and, and making it your own. And you hit a key there too, no matter what, read through the recipe. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you don't want to be caught up short when you're going, oh, I have to toast these almonds. And <laughs> right. And you put them in right then and right. they should have been toasted. Oh mm -hmm. yes. And yeah, uh, so. guilty of that. Well, I will tell you, and it's, this is pretty funny because I've always had from young, 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 always enjoyed cooking and being in the kitchen and food magazines and food TV and all of these kind of things. And I used to say this to a friend and then I was sort of proven wrong. I said, if you can read, you can cook. Now there is some truth to that. Um, I do think that if you have a passion or an interest in it, you do bring that thing called love to the kitchen. And I think that really makes a difference in a recipe to some degree. However, when I was telling a friend of mine this, who was not a very confident cook and has taken a lot of cooking classes and really advanced. And um, before I ever actually worked for Cuisine, she was a subscriber and a big um, supporter of Cuisine because it helped teach her how to cook. And then she took a variety of of educational classes um, uh, in New York at the time at a couple of schools where they had really good um, programs. But so she said, I, I disagree because it'll tell you to whisk. I don't even, I don't know what a whisk, I don't know what whisking means. I don't know what a whisk is. And I said, okay. So you need to sometimes, there, there really is a little bit more training wheels that is needed that are needed for some people. But um, so I was sort of proven wrong there. Um, but yes, I think that if you read the recipe through and you have an interest and um, and you like the flavors, I think that you can put a wonderful meal on the table um, at any time and start your own recipe development. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. It's fun. Yes. Okay, folks. Well, uh, thanks for joining me, John and Robin. I appreciate your time and uh, for sharing your processes with, with me and with our listeners. And um, look forward to you all coming and listening to us next time on Must Love Food. Thanks so much. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at-home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at CuisineAtHome.com. <laughs>